podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Attention Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov EIP to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Okay, on this bit of a little special midweek podcast, the Thingy Jig, it was, it was in the main podcast, but we decided to put this out on its own just in case you wanted to listen to it itself or you've missed out on, on listening to the, you haven't had a chance to listen to the full podcast. Uh, I got to speak to a friend of the show, uh, Jeremy Dow, who, of course, is a football agent and I'm working currently in the Bundesliga. Um, on Kata, the deal. Um, the likelihood of a deal happening. Um, the Red Bull uh, Leipzig or Rassen Bull Sport uh, Leipzig football team who we're dealing with and of course Ralph Ranić, who is the sporting director of Red Bull uh, Leipzig and his sort of take on whether this transfer is likely to happen and under what grounds this transfer would happen on. Um, he also gives us a brief update on what he thinks will happen with Emre Chan, um, particularly around his agent. Is he efficient for a move or is this just power play by them? Um, and just in general, the, the, the difference between when an English club comes to uh, negotiate with a German club as opposed to when another foreign club comes to negotiate with a with a with a Bundesliga club. Anyway, <clears throat> that was nearly tongue tied there. Um, so yeah, have a listen and um, enjoy. So Jeremy, look, it's a pleasure to have you back on. Um, it's been a while since we talked last, um, and I wanted to get you on tonight because obviously the big, big Liverpool transfer story at the moment is another Bundesliga footballer, and this time it's Naby Keita, who's at Red Bull Leipzig or RB Leipzig, as as, as most of the people in in um, in Liverpool and around the world who support the team are starting to get used to it. Actually, I'll tell you a good one. Somebody thought that RB meant right back, and that the and Keita was a right back, so they were wondering why we wanted to pay eighty million for a right back, and um, why is he coming from Leipzig? And Anyway, um, apart from that, look, I wanted to get your you you you're involved in the game over there, and you would have heard about this player, and you would have you know how Leipzig and and, and Ranić, who's the the sporting director at um, Leipzig, operates. So look, in Ireland at the moment, and in England, and because we share the same press, the story is that Liverpool are prepared to test the waters, and they're prepared to go in with a world record bid, well, a, a, a football a, a, a team record bid of sev- somewhere between seventy and eighty million euro. Yet we're hearing on the far side, on, on the German side, that Leipzig isn't prepared to t- negotiate this transfer, that uh, Keita to them is unsellable. So where what is the truth here, Jeremy? Does money talk in this instance or is Ranić the type of operator who just is, won't, who will just close the door and say, no, I'm not prepared to, to negotiate here and we will keep Keita if, if, if that's really what we want? Well, nobody would have mentioned his name a year ago because uh, well, he wasn't an unknown quantity. But certainly on the English scale of things, he wouldn't have been known at all. Um, it's funny you mentioned that for starters, by the way, with the RB bit. That actually in German stands for Rasenballsport, grass ball sport, because they weren't allowed to put Red Bull as the official name of the team, according to German rules. Right. Just like you can't have third, pars, th- third party foreign ownership, etc. And so that was uh, against the rules. Not allowed to name a team after a product. Um, 
Yeah, right. Um, the interesting thing, and this is the Red Bull dynamic in Germany right now, is particularly interesting because what they are not, Phil, is they are not a selling club. They are not going to be a selling club to Bayern München or to anybody else for that matter. So whether or not Renick is a hard bargain, which he is, you know, he's not exactly like your Levy at Tottenham, uh, but he's certainly a man who sticks to his principles. He's done it for years at Salzburg Stuttgart. And he's certainly dug in his heels here at, at Red Bull Leipzig. You know, 25, 26 is old. They don't take in players over that age. Um, he, he has his principles and he sticks to them. And again, three, four years ago, Red Bull are coming up from the fifth and fourth division. And they stuck to their guns. And they've been very, very shrewd with their business deals. They can very, very well. And at the end of the day, the German press here is reporting that, of course, Kajit is not for sale. Kajit is not for sale. Kajit is not for sale. And the fact of the matter is, he isn't for sale. But Red Bull is a very, very shrewd business operation. Um, there are essentially five teams, six teams within a pyramid, uh, not including Red Bull New York, which is for sale. The, the, the second team is in Austria. Then they've got a second division club called Liefering, and then they have their own U19. Who, I mean, they just released like three or four German national players to, uh, to 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 local clubs. So they're just based on the top bits of quality. They want only the best for the creme de la creme. And at the start of the year, Kieta wasn't even planned as a starting player, but in the second fixture of the season, gets subbed in with eight minutes to play. I think it was six minutes to play. He walks in the pitch and he scores a one 0 victory at uh, at Dortmund uh, the following match. He also played well in a victory. Got substituted in from that. He never came off the never came off the field. Fact of the matter is, if, if you ask me, I would suggest to you first of all, and this is probably the, the most important question, is that he's well worth it. Yeah, I think if you're looking at seventy million, if you want an out and out box to box number eight, this kid has got it. He's got an engine on him. He'll put in twelve k, you know, twelve kilometers a shift. Um, he'll put in the graft, he'll win a lot of balls, he'll also score a lot. He's, he's a true, pure box-to-box number eight. Um, and I, I, I don't quite think that's something you have. I mean, you've got Lalana's more advanced. Um, you had a Vindulum that was also a lot of money for, for him as well from Newcastle. And uh, then you, 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 you've got, obviously, Coutinho uh, a little bit more advanced. And then you've got Emery Chan as, as a real, pure number six who can sit in from the backs. For me... A real pure number eight, especially in the Premier League game, because he's so fast. This boy is very, very fast. He's not very big, so he won't win a lot of balls in the air. That's probably about his only deficit. Um, he's super fast, and he's great on the ball. And Yeah, he's definitely worth every bit of 70 million pounds, because you look at him, he's a 95-born boy. He's still U21 age. You know, he would have played in the European Championships by you know if it was if it was determined by his age, if he had a European passport, so he's young. Um and he's definitely worth the price tag that's being applied to him, you know, within the modern market. I'm saying that, you know, to say 70 is worth 70 million pounds is a big stretch. But within the modern market, he's certainly worth it. And no, he's not for sale. To answer the question along and the short of it, he's not for sale. But at the end of the day, Red Bull are a business model. And if Liverpool name a price that they do market for his value, then they will invest that in another young player. Mm. Um, but, you know, at a, as a boy who's 21 years old, uh, where are you going to go with that? You know, you're going to buy a 23-year-old and then you're downsizing yourself by two years. You're going to buy a 19-year-old who doesn't have the experience. Mm. He's perfect. So they're going to have to really put something on the table. And then, you know, the risk is, as a Liverpool, do you want to invest 80 million pounds into a profile that you don't know, there's no guarantees it's going to work again. He's not the best in the air. And, you know, he's a, he, he only started and lost three fixtures this year. No, sorry, four. Four fixtures he started and lost this year. Mm-hmm. Two of them were to Bayern. 
One of them was to Dortmund, and then there was a, a rough game to, to, to Hamburg. Three of those fixtures were when he played on the outside right or left. He can't play as well. He can't be as effective as you'd like him to be unless he's... He, essentially, he only plays the eight spot. You know, you can't do very much with them. Like with with Liverpool system, the way you move your midfielders around, the the the, the your, your type of, of the way that Klopp puts, you know, those midfielders in a certain selection where he leaves kind of in the hole and then he's flexible with another three or four personnel. That won't be a. It's not a good way to utilize money, right? Because Kieta needs to play simply at the center of the park. Mm-hmm. And if you want to put him onto the wide right, if you want to put him onto the wide left in a diamond, as you will, you know, um, it's it's not it's not an effective use of money, and he's and the player is damned expensive. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I guess again, the long and the short of it is he's not really for sale. But if Liverpool name the right price, Red Bull are they're a business operation, and uh, that that's what that's what Red Bull will do. Right? RB Leipzig will say, okay, fine. If if you're going to throw stupid amount of money at us, yes. We'll take it and invest it in four more youth talents. Um, but I would say you probably need to hit the uh, the 80 mark to do that because here, according to the German press, he's not for sale. And Ralph Ranić is is a pretty stiff character who sticks to his guns, and so he'll stick to them, you know, up to a certain point. Jeremy, can I ask the, the one one of the, the the stories that um I heard last night, and then it it seems to have broken in the press Jordan today as well, is that the essentially the player now is trying to push for the move. Does that in, will that influence uh, Ranić or Red Bull in terms of the the price, or will they just will it make them more adamant to hold out for the price that they want? Um, if the player is insisting that he wants to move this year as opposed to the reported fifty million release clause he has in his contract for next year. Yeah. Um his agent is Arena Levin, mm-hmm. um, ex-German national player. Um, they don't have the widest range of international contacts. So I'm sure they're they're a couple partner. It's probably uh, Project B. Um, Klopp's agent is just trying to broker on their behalf. Um, I I would suggest at the end of the day, uh, you're not going to mess with Rebel Leipzig. Uh, he, he'll have an excellent salary structure. He'll be very well paid. Um, whether he's really pushing for the move or not, I let me tell you this: Red Bull will not lower their financial standards because a player wants to move. Right. They will have their line in the sand, and they will simply not cross it. And this is what would be interesting about a boy like Kieta. He, he would be really, really good for Liverpool because he has flourished for a year playing under Ralph Hasenhutl. Um, who is the, the, the coach of, of Red Bull Leipzig who came from English that he saw them promotion from second league actually I used to play for FC Cologne mm. as a player Austrian international um, very very extremely no nonsense coach he's a coach who wants people to put in the graft um, he is excellent regarding man management um, he is absolutely very very strict regarding discipline, things like showing up on time, cell phones, um, daily uh, physical checks, i.e. blood, um, fat intake, weight, etc., etc., stretching process. is an absolute consummate professional, Ralph Hasenhutl, and Kieta has come in and simply impressed and become the main engine of his midfield out of nowhere. They would have never said that he would have, you know, he, he wasn't, it wasn't planned. He was more of a project yeah. who just, he was just so good you couldn't take him off the pitch. For all of those reasons, he would be an absolute hit with Jurgen Klopp. And in Liverpool, his style fits. His style fits to the Premier League. 
and it would certainly, as a character, the, the, the fans, the, the cop would be cheering him off the pitch on a weekly basis, you know, or at least a bi-weekly basis. Um, I really don't think, though, that player pressure will result in anything other than hurting the player individually. Because Red Bull Leipzig have made it very, very clear they're not going to be bossed around, and that's by anybody. They've changed the German market. Because as we all know, you you know this, and anybody who knows a little bit about German football knows mm. that when any special talent comes from Frankfurt or Cologne or Hamburg or Schalke or whatever, is a German talent, where does he go? He goes to Bayern. Bayern mm. by the big young talent. Even, and that's what happens. Even Dortmund, Jeremy. Even Dortmund. If you look at it there. The, the, even Dortmund. Yeah. Because you're absolutely, you're absolutely right, and it's a good point that you make. Even Dortmund, we've all seen it. How many players have have Bayern taken up Dortmund? Exactly, exactly. You're looking at Hummels. You're looking at Lewandowski in the, in the most recent ones, and they, they were two of the biggest players that 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 Dortmund have. So there has been really, there's only been one powerhouse in Germany. And my my take on this Leipzig experiment is to essentially try set them up on a, on a par footing with Bayern. So why they'd want to sell their best player when they're trying to build to that level? Is obviously the question that, you, that 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 would be you know as you said it's the reason why they're going to hold out for top dollar for a player who is who essentially is, is the engine room of that team is that right yeah and again they just they just don't want to sell mm. they don't want to sell and they've made it very very clear so they're not interested in negotiating they're not interested in selling the player if Liverpool name a ridiculous free you know mm. that could replicate the gross domestic product of a small Asian country then fine <laughs> you know. <laughs> Red Bull, Red Bull will suggest, okay, fine. You've named something that's off the charts of reasonability. Mm. We will accept your offer and take the player. Otherwise, their biggest concern is the Champions League. They have wanted Red Bull as a brand in the Champions League in the German market since a very, very, very long time. Mm. And the fact that they got the license to do so, because it still wasn't clear over the course of the summer that they were going to maintain that Champions League spot, because as you know, one company one owner is not allowed to own two teams in the same competition according to UEFA standards. And there already is Red Bull with Salzburg in Austria mm-hmm. that exists in the Champions League. So that was a bit of a conundrum. That 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 point was cleared and they were given the license to um to, to, to play in the in the Champions League for this year. Uh they they've achieved what they wanted and this was set up five years ago. This is the reason why New York Red Bull is for sale. This is the reason why they canceled their U twenty three in the Regional League North in Germany in the fourth tier. They finished, I think, in third place, a few points off of first place, and they just canceled the team. They just closed the team out. Yeah. Uh, and we're, ta- we're talking several German and Italian and Belgian and French national players were just released mm. from Red Bull. They have a model, and that model is going to be, Red Bull Leipzig is going to be a major Champions League contender for the next year. They will be in the group stage every single year. That, that's what they want. Mm. So... They are absolutely not going to be a selling club, and that's the reality. And you are going to see more and more Africans and Brazilians, South Americans and Africans, coming through into Red Bull because they have an excellent school called Red Bull Brazil and an excellent Red Bull New York, Africa, excuse me, academy, where players come through, and when they're good enough, they get fed into the category of two and three teams, which is Liefering and 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 Austria, mm-hmm. uh, Salzburg, because the players' passes are easy, very easy to obtain in Austria. So the best players from the African school and from the Brazilian school are going to be shipped into the Austrian teams to play and get experience. And when they have success, they will be shipped into the parent club of Leipzig. So they have that structure and that structure is in place so that they can build themselves over the course of the next 
10 to 15 years. They have by far the best training facilities in Germany and Austria, essentially. That is a somewhat arguable point, but it's basically Buckingham Palace Mm -hmm. uh, on steroids is their training facility. Um, and, and the Austrian facility is off the charts when you see it. it it's, it's, it's like going to a seven-star resort with Michelin stars for a restaurant. It just, you're like, wow, you know, you're not supposed to change your boots here. It, what they're doing is they're just building something for the long term. And, and again, there's no price tag that they are going to allow unless it fits a business model. Right. And their business model is success in the Champions League. So like you said, to start in the question, you know, they're preparing for Champions League. So why are they going to let the engine of their midfield go? Mm-hmm. So, Jeremy, you're you're in the business. Does he get his move to Liverpool or does it, uh, or is it going to be a case of this one goes right to the wire? I would suggest that it doesn't happen. Uh, and if it does, then they're offering above 90. Okay. okay well, look, that's, um, that would be my guess. And if I was a Liverpool fan, I would not want to see my team spend 90 million on one player. Mm who, quite frankly, again, my opinion, he, he's a great player. Would he be worth 90? Probably not. Would he be worth 60, 70? Maybe. But you can't play him outside of the 8 or the 6 spot. You know, he's an 8, sometimes a 6, sometimes a 10, but he's basically a box-to-box midfielder yeah. who can't play outside in the channels and isn't very good in the air and has had one very stellar season at the highest level of football. Mm-hmm. Before that, he had played a season in League Two in France, and then he had played two seasons in the first tier in Austria, which is certainly a second or a third tier football league. So you tell me, after one full season, do you want to see your team take that type of a financial risk? Well, you know, if you were to go by all the reports that are out there, he is the second coming of Diego Maradona. However, I'd be sort of in your category going saying, right, that's an awful lot of money for a guy who's had one season at the top flight. Now, admittedly, in a very impressive season at the top flight, but there's still a big... He's a very, very good player. Yeah. He's a very good player, but no, he's not a Diego Maradona. No, not at all. Not at all. He's a number eight. He'll win the ball. He'll make the quick passes. He's good with the dribbles. You know, he hits the ball well with both feet. He He's very good with his left. You watch him, he receives the ball like, oh, his touch is superb. Mm. Uh, he's very difficult to play against. Again, he has immense quality. Mm. Um, but he's certainly not a South American type of Player. dribbler. He's an engine. No, he's, no. Yeah, he's an engine. And, and he's he's the oil in the engine, you know. And, um, and that's that's sort of my point, Jeremy. Like you know, we're used to fees of of like we aren't used to fees. This is something we were talking about earlier on amongst the group of ourselves as well, saying you know it just seems to be crazy. There seems to be now an English market, and then there's the rest of the Europe market. I'm looking at Chalanoglu going from Leverkusen to AC Milan for twenty million plus four million in add-ons. You're looking at um, Paredes going from Roma to Zenit St. Petersburg for less than 25 million you're looking at potentially Rudiger going to Chelsea which is a strange one for under 40 million and you just wonder you know have the English clubs got a lot more money than sense now at this stage because, and have Europe copped onto this because clearly when they come they're saying here's the English price but if we're going to negotiate with another team in, in Europe there's a, there's a different price for those players and how long do the English clubs continue to fuel that is, is a bigger question like you must be seeing it in, in your game as well that the, there's a different different level to negotiations that goes on once an English team come into, come into the reckoning. Of course it is, because at the end of the day, your mid-table, mid-table championship clubs have significantly more income than um, smaller first Bundesliga clubs. And that's based on, on an inflated uh, Sky television contract. And that's, that's all it is. It's, it's two separate worlds. So you know yourself in Ireland, 
you've got your expensive plus restaurants for your London foreigners and your you know your New York foreigners and your Toronto foreigners that come in that, yep. that book on hotel.com and, and pay the five star price. Yep. And then you've got your mom pod bed and breakfast where you can go and sit at a place that's probably twice the quality for a third of the price and you'll walk out with a couple more pints left for the pub. And and that's you know then you're not paying the overinflated price and that's just what it is. It's it's overinflation of the market. And so the second an English club comes in now, people know the type of money that's available for those clients. And, and, and that's, you know, that's, that's the end of it. So um, we see it. I mean, we, we just signed a client to um, a German center back Dortmund's captain of the U23s, uh, Christoph Zimmerman, he's a client of ours for years. And, uh, and we just signed him to Norwich city. Uh, so Nor- so the Canaries have just, just bought our center back Christoph Zimmerman. And I mean, right off the hop. And again, he's only been up to the captain of the U23s or Bruce Dortmund. Mm. So fourth tier, third tier, right off the hop doubled his wages by going into the same division he would have went in here because we had a couple of second Bundesliga clubs that were looking to take him on a free. Mm. Dortmund were asking him to stay because he was going to get more first team training and potentially get into the squad. Um, and then Norwich come in with, you know, their, their, their trainer is the German who's his trainer of the U23s and Dortmund is like, yeah, no, we want to, Christoph's my captain and uh, I'd like to take him with me. He immediately doubled his wages. You know, we didn't even bother to negotiate, give or take. Obviously, we did, but mm. the fact of the matter is, the negotiation took care of itself. The trainer said, "I want this player. Market value is this. He gets market value." Mm. And you know, you look at the dollars and cents of it, and you think, "My goodness, he could have been playing at the same level of football and be on less than half the wages if he had stayed at home." Yeah, I would have gone and done the same thing myself. <laughs> over the channel he goes, and that's the reality. Mm. You know, will it so, be, will so there's one for you. Watch Christoph Zimmerman at Norwich City. Will, Jeremy, will, will it be harder for those players then to come back to Germany if they if they go to such big wages in in England, or is it is is it more culturally like they they know that when they go to England they're going for, they will get a big paycheck and that if they, they have to come back to the Bundesliga or whatever that they will have have an, there'll be an expectation that that there's a haircut on their wages when they return to to the Bundesliga. I think so. I mean, to be honest with you, the majority will look forward to coming home. For some reason, the Germans love it at home, and that's it. For some reason, it's a nice, nice little country. Mm. Uh, not, not to say there's anything wrong. The sun's shining today, so looks all right outside. Uh, it's a nice place to be. I think a lot of them will come home, but certainly uh, you're getting a fraction of the wages. So I think from a football perspective, if they can, you know, your job as a player, again, I think I said this to you in an interview previously, your job as a player is to obtain the most amount of finances possible over a short period of time. Mm-hmm. And if you can knock yourself into the English market and obtain a, a good payday, then obviously it's your job to do so. So the fact of the matter is the English market is, as you quite, quite correctly state, inflated. It's inflated because of the new Sky package. Um, that's not going to change in the near future. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the result is that's what's coming in. And the, the fact of the matter is now, if you look at, for example, in the last three days, obviously, the German U21s just won the European Cup. Um, keep in mind that that was Germany's second slash third team. Mm-hmm. 11 players playing in the Confederation Cup team were U21 players. And that's not including Leroy Sané, who I'd mentioned to you, I think, our first interview. That's when right. you said what type of boy would they want to look at. Yeah, mm-hmm. Leroy Sané is a 96, so he's a U21 player. So you had 12 out-and-out players between the first team and the Confederations Cup that weren't playing in the U21s. The U21s beat the favorite Spanish. Then the Confederations Cup team won. They were also a B slash C team. That was mm-hmm. definitely a B slash C team that won that tournament convincingly. Um, there's just so much top young talent. If you're English and you want good young quality who can play, you know, you know, reduce the risk and take the top quality, 
You just have to go across the channel. There's yeah. tons of very young talent out there. Well, you well, know? One last one for you, Jeremy. There's a bit, one of the other stories that we have here is that Emery Chan still hasn't signed a new contract with Liverpool and he's, he's entering the final year of his, of his current contract. Do you expect... He isn't. He ends at 18. He ends at 18. That's right. Yeah, so the, 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 the question here is, well, there's been rumoured interest uh, from Juventus. Now, I don't know. Have you heard anything along the lines? Is that real? Or would you say that's the agent looking to get um, to get the best contract deal possible for him, especially moving into the last year with, with Liverpool? And, you know, after his Confederations Cup performances, I know he didn't play in the final, but he was very much steamroller in oppositions um, in the previous rounds and all the way up to the final in the Confed Cup as well. He's definitely a player who stars on the rise again, isn't he? Yeah, it is. He is. And he's, he's an out-and-out He's an out-and-out player who will play for Germany in the future, just like a Gundogan. Um, he's an out-and-out guy who will, who will play for Germany in the future. His his um, his agent raises a facility. Um, he's an absolute shark. I know his agent. He's a, he's a shark, and all he will do is try to get the most money possible for his client and namely himself. Yeah, and I mean that's his job. I'm not slanting him. That's no, no. just the reality. And so, at the end of the day, I can totally see a move happening if there are more dollars and cents on the table. Mm-hmm. At he will take it. So it all depends on if Liverpool are willing to be competitive. I'm sure Chan loves it where he is, but I'm sure he can go to Galatasaray and get insane money. I'm sure he can go to Juventus and get insane money, or Turkey would be too early of a step for him. Um, you know, he can, he can always, as a Turkish player, he can always go there when he's 33 and still get paid. Um, I, I would not be surprised one bit for him to jump to a major Serie A team or anywhere else, Paris Saint-Germain or whoever had mm-hmm. interest in Emre Chan for Reza Pizzoli, for his agent and for Emre, it will come down to finances. Yeah. Whoever wants to pay is whoever will get him. And so he will hold out for his contract. Yeah, I, I don't see him signing unless Liverpool want to put something on the table now. Um, that's really, really interesting. And, and I, I definitely see him holding out if he thinks he'll get more, mm-hmm. more money. You know? And obviously... You know, people on the Merseyside must be wondering because at the end of the day, there was a—I don't think too much money was paid. I think you, you guys paid about twelve million for him. Twelve million, yeah, yeah it was, it was it? ten million. Ten, I think it was ten million sterling, twelve million euro in, in terms of the total deal that what that happened to get him from Leverkusen because it was a release clause, as far as I know. Right, and I mean, you paid twenty million for Wendelum, you paid thirty million for Lalana. How much did you pay for Coutinho? Um, it was something uh, silly as well. I think it was nine million for Coutinho. You've got you've got an expensive midfield there, and 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 the thing is, okay, an expensive midfield is one thing, but Lalan is getting on in age. He's not old. He's he's getting up there, and and, and it, you want to hold on to your younger players. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you want to let a, an Emery Chan walk away on a free. That's no. the thing. No. I don't I don't think you want to let a player like that, you know, again, star on the rise, as you said. I don't think you want to let a player like that go on a free. You know. Mm-hmm. That would be poor transfer business mm-hmm. if you're a if, if you're a club director, and I think that that's that's probably something that normally I would imagine that what Ray is pushing for is a, an increased wage with transfer fees included. Mm-hmm. So if his star continues to rise, then he can obtain fifty million from an Italian club, um, which would be a hard sell, but certainly it could be done. Or if it's from a buyer, if they want to, because Bayern right now are struggling for German players, yeah, because the ones that are there aren't always playing. Um, Ancelotti's not making a lot of friends in Germany to be honest with you so I could certainly see a couple of Bayern coming up in a year's time and saying here 40 million Liverpool thanks you know after he signed on for set, set fee X yeah. uh, you know and, and before he went to Leverkusen he came through the youth 
after coming through the the, the the small boys in Frankfurt, he was essentially a youth product for for Bayern Munich from the U17 through the U19 through the U23, and then got sold on to to Leverkusen. So yeah. I could see something like that. But yeah, I, I I can imagine that he's trying to divvy up transfer fee clauses and drag the contract out and, and make some Liverpool sweat. And Liverpool are going to need a sweat because he's going to have a great season this year. Mm-hmm. He's going to do well in the Champions League. He's going to be in the shop window and teams will want to take him for sure. Yeah. Jeremy, listen, you're a star for taking the time to take the call today. Um, thanks again. I, I haven't. I won't. I won't be putting in the bid around Lisbon. But we do know you're going to become our man in Portugal as opposed to our man in Germany um, uh, by the end of this summer. So uh, we, we, we'll be getting more ins and outs from you as, as the season goes on. Um, but just personally, from a big thanks for taking the call today and uh, for filling us in, especially on the on the case of deal because that's the one that has all the press columns and the and the Twitter pages and the Facebook updates and everything that's going on at this moment. And you know. I've seen transfer windows that have been circuses, but this is definitely the biggest circus I've seen in a long, long time, uh, especially on on, on on the social media channels itself. Um, and with that, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Good luck in yes. the transfer window. Okay, that was the interview, Jeremy. I hope you enjoyed it. Definitely a very uh, good insight into what goes on with the with the likes of the Kata deal, etc. around it. Um, and it's worth giving a retweet and a like if you like it out there. So we're trying to do a few little different things as we go across the course of the summer because there will be a few other announcements we have coming along. But a big thanks again as ever to Jeremy for, for taking uh, time out of his day to, to fill us in on, on, on the German side of things. Um, the podcast itself is out, so you can go and listen to that. It's, it's always a, a laugh and a hoot, especially with Steve and Andy and Sean and all the lads in there um, this evening. And, and don't forget to watch the Periscope because that's not part of the podcast it's separate it's, it's his own thing you can enjoy it it's 20 minutes of fun you definitely enjoy it get on have a look give us a like give us a few hearts if, if you're on live give us an old twinkle 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 so big thanks as ever to the Astro for letting us do this um, and until next week good night and God bless Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. (laughs) You love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. Sports Social Podcast Network.